Welcome to Radio Massasoit. I'm your host, Aaron. And today we're going to be doing uh, a sports show, really just going over what's been going on recently in the sports world. Now, especially with coronavirus, this kind of is going to be a little bit of an awkward show because, you know, all the stuff happening, there's no sports at all. And uh, so there's not really much we can watch. But... There is definitely a lot we can talk about for sports, at least for the people who are missing it, like myself. But let's jump straight into it. Um, First topic we're going to be talking about is the NBA with the uh, cancellation of this. Well, not cancellation yet, but most likely we're going to see a cancellation of the rest of the NBA season. Hopefully we'll be able to go over and see playoffs if they can start up after quarantine is over, but... In all likelihood, it's probably not going to happen. We might have to just end the season where it is, which is really unfortunate, especially for the teams who were in a playoff hunt, like the Celtics, the Lakers, the Bucks, a lot of other teams, the Clippers. It was shaping up to be a really good playoffs too, which is kind of upsetting. But, you know, we, um, we take what we can get, so... Right now, we're going to just start breaking down kind of the highlights of the season, you know, what was kind of exciting to see, you know, what's unfortunate to see go and, like, miss out on now that the season's most likely over. And first, I think I'm going to talk about the MVP race. What we saw at the end of the season was kind of LeBron and Giannis Antetokounmpo, you know, just battling out to see who can get, you know, top spot for the MVP rankings. And uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo had an amazing season, one of the best seasons, at least most most dominant seasons we've seen in a while for an NBA player. He's you know almost he's almost seven feet tall. He can play any position. He can dunk from the free throw line. He's just a monster. There was no denying. Just he was an unstoppable force on defense, and teams could not stop him on the offensive side of the floor. Really, Giannis can do anything with with his body size and his arm length, his strength. He can really play any position on the floor and adapt to any situation he's put in, especially for his team. You know, if they if they're down by ten and they need a good run to go off and they need good defense for you know two to three minutes on the floor, he's definitely one of the people who can do that in the league. And on the other side, LeBron in the West was shaping up to his end of the season was starting to look better than Giannis's but overall I think Giannis just had him you know from most of the season had a more dominant season but LeBron in his passing skill he's never passed like this before in his career he's making some of the best plays he has and he's at the age of 31 so it's just really impressive to see him even compete this high you know at this high of a level being his age being pretty much in his prime at, you know, 31, which is not something you see usually. But, um, yeah, for the, I'd say for the end of the season, for what we've stopped, I think Giannis has to be the uh, reigning MVP twice in a row now from last year to when he won it. But LeBron definitely made it a really good competition towards the end. And, you know, who could have, no one really knows. I mean... You know, LeBron could have easily taken over top spot pretty soon. But, you know, Giannis, I feel like, just was way too consistent over the entirety of the season. 
and LeBron just, you know, started picking it up at the end. But both teams, the Milwaukee Bucks for Giannis and obviously the LA Lakers for LeBron were setting it set up really to be the two biggest powerhouses going into the playoffs and two of the best teams to watch really over the entirety of the season. But it's a shame we don't get to see how they end up in the MVP race, especially with those two great players. But, you know, there's always next year. And if LeBron and Giannis keep the kind of play up now, it's probably like Giannis is only going to get better. So LeBron is known to improve his game over the years, even though he's getting older. But, yep, this is... Radio Massasoit, we're going to take a quick break. Welcome back to Radio Massasoit. My name's Aaron, and we're going to continue our show from uh, what we left off in the MVP race of the NBA season. And right now we're just going to talk about teams and really how the playoffs might have shaped out to look or, you know, had a chance to be. But to start off, we're going to be talking about the Celtics hometown team. There is really a lot you could say about this last season for the Celtics. I mean, after Kyrie Irving left, people didn't know really what the next step was for the Celtics because everyone knew a point guard was needed, but, you know, who to pick and, you know, if if we should go... Also, a big man was a, has been a big problem for the Celtics. A center or power forward hasn't really... At least a really good one hasn't been on the Celtics and... Like, quite a while, I'd say. And that's something they really wanted to work on. But, you know, they got Ennis Kander in the off season to add to this season, which was pretty good for them. I mean, it was better than what they had already before. But during the season, Ennis Kander was kind of hurt a lot and proved himself to be pretty useful. But, you know, now it's he can be seen as injury-prone because he missed a, a good amount of the season that passed. But looking back on it now in quarantine, I think it was a good move overall to have Ennis Canner uh, on the team. He would have helped in the playoff run, hopefully, which still happens, but I don't believe it really is going to happen with all that's going on. Um, other player, but, you know, other players like Kemba Walker, who came in in the offseason had a pretty great season being an all-star again and helping out Jason Tatum the rising star in Boston to make you know this team really just a contender in the east if not one of the strongest you know power rankings in the overall NBA the beginning of the season saw the Lakers and the Celtics be the two top teams for quite a while until the Raptors and Bucks took over a little bit in the east and then in the West, the Lakers stood on top with the L.A. Clippers right behind them, too. So, uh, for a playoff run, you know, it's hard to tell if the Celtics really would have gone too far with what they have. They do play really good basketball. At least they did before COVID-19. But, like, last year, I mean, once you get into the playoffs, especially deep into the playoffs like they did, and play a really good team like Milwaukee and go up against, you know, reigning MVP 
Giannis Antetokounmpo. You, we really don't know how how the Celtics could fare against them. I mean, that's probably the would have been their biggest matchup, or you know, the one they'd have to play the hardest in. But other teams like the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers definitely came up as challenging. Try to take the Celtics out at the top spot. The Toronto Raptors also were right, right in front of them. You know, neck and neck with the Celtics throughout the entire season. So there's a lot that's really just unsaid that we can't really tell what would happen since the season's now effectively over. But I mean, there's only if you're a Celtics fan, there's really only good news from what we saw last year. You know, went from a team who was dysfunctional with Kyrie Irving just couldn't really pull it together and make a t- team with some good chemistry who, you know, could make it far in the playoffs, win a lot of games. But with this last season with Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, all pulling their weight, Marcus Smart, and David, uh, sorry, David Tice, I think his name, Daniel Tice, I'm sorry, Daniel Tice had a really great end of the season, but also proved himself to be injury prone, just like Ennis Cantor. So with the lack of really, you know, solid big men, at least that you would know wouldn't be injured. It's hard to tell the Celtics would have made it far in the playoffs. But with my personal opinion, I do think they would have made it at least the game before the conference finals for the East. But, I mean, the Bucks were just such a good team. really don't think it would have been, you know, easy getting by them. But this was Radio Massasoit, and we'll be back after the break. Welcome back to Radio Massasoit. I am your host, Aaron, and we're going to be right back with our show. We just talked about the NBA playoffs and kind of how the Celtics would have turned out, at least my own thoughts of how they would have turned out in the playoffs. But now we're going to be kind of looking at the NBA as a whole, just seeing, you know, what teams, you know, could have been where, uh, like who could have been part of, you know, these uh, deep playoff runs that we've been seeing, you know, happen in the past for some of these teams, at least. We're going to start off with the uh, L.A. Clippers, who had a pretty amazing season, at least until the very end. But Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and everyone at Lou Williams had a really great performance towards the beginning. Not as much towards the end, but made a state a statement as the number two or even number one team in the West right next to the Lakers, you know, making a battle for L.A., which it's in itself really could have been an amazing perspective on the playoffs and could have been a great series if the two teams fought it out. I think that would have been some of the best TV basketball that we've seen in a while. But, um, yeah, with the end of the season, obviously, we didn't get to see that, which is really disappointing. But then there's teams in the West, like Houston and, you know just to see who could go up against Houston as, you know, the next biggest power other than the two LA teams, which are obviously the two biggest powerhouses in that conference. I think personally in the West, 
Uh, OKC looked like a really solid team that could have, you know, battled their way into the playoffs, maybe make an interesting series with one of the better teams. I don't think they could have been good enough to beat Houston or at least, you know, make a really good series out of with Houston. But OKC definitely is one of the top teams that looked good in coming into the playoffs. Sad to see them not be able to have their chance, though. Over in the East, uh, obviously, Celtics were, I think, number two in the power rankings, right behind Milwaukee, or right behind Toronto. I don't know. It, that top three is has always been Milwaukee, Toronto, and Boston for the past few years. So it would, again, another interesting battle of the top teams that would have really been exciting to see in playoff basketball, even with the like, 76ers, like I said earlier. Could have definitely made it interesting in the East, which it really hasn't been too interesting since LeBron left uh, Cleveland a couple of years ago to join LA. But as we look now past coronavirus, well, not past. I'm, I'm sorry, we're we're still definitely in coronavirus. But with the ending of the season. I mean, it's hard not to be disappointed about all the good NBA basketball we could have seen. But it's important to remember, you know, that these teams did fight until the very, you know, end of the season before we stopped and right in the midst of it before the playoffs. And it's definitely a lot harder for them. You know, this is their job. This is what they do. This is their passion. And it just got taken away from, you know, a health crisis, which is... Obviously, there's no other solutions that could have come from it other than all the seasons for all sports, really, just being canceled if they were already in session. So it's it's sad to see it go, but the NBA playoffs would have definitely been one of the most exciting ones we've had in a while. And especially for Boston fans like myself, just a mix-up of the East, seeing a a new slate, who's going to take over since... The Raptors don't have Kawhi anymore. Kawhi's in the West. But overall, I think the top teams that would have at least had the best chances of winning the finals would have been the LA Lakers. And I'd say for the East, if I had to choose one team, probably the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, even though I'd really wish the Celtics had a good enough team to beat them. I just don't think they have enough talent to stop Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's probably going to have another MVP season. But you've been listening to Radio Massasoit, and we'll be back after the break. Welcome back to Radio Massasoit. Uh, you're back with Aaron. And we're going to keep our conversation going, you know, I think we're going to move on from the NBA and kind of talk more about the uh, NHL season. I'm not too big of an NHL fan. I Obviously, I watch the Bruins whenever they're in playoffs. I could watch whatever game they have in the playoffs, you know. The past couple of years, you know, with them being in the Stanley Cup last year, I definitely watched every game in that playoffs run, but it was sad to see them lose at the very end. But, uh, yeah. Once again, end of the season canceled from a uh, coronavirus. A lot of the players, you know, upset that they couldn't start playoff 
playoff hockey, which is really what most of the players live for in that league. I mean, it's it's crazy. You can see hockey players really take the playoffs so much more seriously than some sports show. Like, you can see guys, you know, joking around and like the NBA when there's playoff games, you know, still, you know, it's still a regular game for them, kind of. But I feel like for the NHL playoffs, it's so much more serious. There's so much more grit and just fighting and just being in each other's faces for, you know, the entire, you know, hour that you that they spend, you know, in the play. But, but I'd say just about, you know, most of the hockey fans were really upset that there was no playoff hockey. I know my dad is a huge Bruins fan ever since he was a kid. And he was furious when he found out that they were canceling the NHL season. But obviously, all of this is in great understanding that it's a public you know, health crisis. There's really nothing nothing that anyone else can do but, you know, make these cancellations, you know, reduce the chance of spreading it anymore. But, yeah, it's just like the NBA. It's really hard to see a sport we love just die right out, at least the end of the season, until the next year. But looking kind of of how the season was going, Bruins were had the best record in the entire NHL. They had the most points and actually, there's a rule, by rule, if the NHL season is deemed, you know, to end mid-season with obviously no playoffs, making it so, you know, there's no specific champion, the Stanley Cup is supposed to go to the team with the most points that have been scored over the season. And in this case, for this year, it definitely would have been the Bruins by far. They were absolutely killing it. So it's, you know, especially upsetting for Boston fans to lose out on the rest of what could have been, especially after last year with such disappointment. They could have had another chance to bring it home. But even if the Bruins win, technically win the Stanley Cup this year just by getting it, by having the most points, I really don't think, you know, the people of Boston are really going to, you know, celebrate it as they did for their other championships. It just doesn't seem right with, you know, what's been going on. It'd be really hard to celebrate, you know, a championship that they didn't go into the playoffs and beat a bunch of teams for. But looking forward to next year, I mean, David Pasternak, uh, absolutely just easy MVP season that he had. It was just obvious that he was the best player, at least scoring-wise, in the NHL. For the entirety of the season, he absolutely lit it up on the boards. I think he had over 70 goals, and the season wasn't even over. It's just, it's really disappointing, you know, knowing it stopped then. What He was just doing something really special that we haven't seen in a while. You know, Brad Martian and uh, Patrice Bergeron were still playing good, good hockey. Charo held his own, you know, as the solid defense and captain of the team even though he's well into his 40s I shouldn't say well for uh, Chara's sake he's not too old but he's. I, this might be his last year I think he's also said publicly that 
he doesn't have much time left at all playing in this league. And who could when, you know, you're six, six foot something. It's just an absolute monster on the ice and taking hits every single day of his career since he's been in, which has been over 20 years now. So it's sad to see the season end this way, but it was definitely a great season for the Bruins. And just, it was going to be a good season for hockey overall. So it's especially upset to see, especially upsetting to see, you know, this kind of stuff happen with Corona to stop it. You've been listening to Radio Massasoit, and we'll be back after the break. Welcome back to Radio Massasoit. I'm your host, Aaron, and we're going to continue our show on, you know, what's going on with sports right now during COVID-19 quarantine. We just recently talked about the NHL season, mainly just about the Bruins and how they performed, you know, who was performing well and how it would have looked towards the end if we got to finish this season. But just to kind of wrap up the whole hockey segment of this, I kind of want to just give some thoughts on the, like, overall feeling, or not feeling, I'm sorry, but more of a... Kind of the overall look of what the playoffs could have been and some things I was looking forward to seeing or what you know what matchups that could have been exciting to see just a general what we could have missed and what would have been so we're gonna start off by talking about kinda I'd say how you know the rest of the league would have been able to f- stop the Bruins. Now, I know I just talked a lot about the Bruins, but the way that they played towards the end of the season just couldn't be denied. The amount of fight they had and just resilience to not lose any games, especially going to overtime how many times and win, only you lose so little, is very impressive to see how they just ended up. But other teams did prove to be just as furious and really just determined to win games like the Lightning. Tampa Bay Lightning have been right neck and neck with the Bruins in the playoffs and in the regular season just for the past few years. So see, it was no big surprise seeing them come close at the end and try and rival the Bruins to, you know, fight in the playoffs. Too bad we couldn't see it. That would have been another great series between the two teams which they've had in the past teams like um, the Toronto Maple Leafs it would have been interesting to see how they could have feared while playing the Bruins in the playoffs too but unfortunately that's not the case anymore but moving on to the other conference teams like you know uh, the Golden Knights Second team, I mean second, sorry, third year in the league as a team, expansion team. Their roster was really kind of just a mix of veteran players and, you know, from the redraft, at least the new draft they had when they got commenced into the league. It would have just been interesting to see how they could have played out in the playoffs, especially when their first year as a team, they went to the Stanley Cup and... I'm not sure if it was first or second year, but they went to the Stanley Cup, faced the Washington Capitals, and lost. But overall, 
the Golden Knights definitely would have been one of the better teams in the playoffs. And it's sad to see Vegas not have a team again and have it get canceled due to COVID-19. You know, since they lost in the Stanley Cup in the first year, it would have been, you know, just interesting for the entirety of the NHL to see a new team come in and actually win it, cementing them as, like, a new franchise that wouldn't be able to just be moved or taken down within the next year. But uh, to move on, we're going to talk about kind of how this COVID-19 stuff is really just stop the world of sports with right after the president's speeches and all of the talk that's gone on about you know COVID-19 and how how we plan to stop it as a country it's sad to see the death tolls rise especially you know in Italy and now in the U.S. has the most confirmed deaths after China had it first, and then Italy. It's just sad to see something like this be the reason for the rest of our season of sports to be ended. And for so many athletes to just have to stop doing what they love in an instant because of it. It's really eye-opening, and it should just resonate really with all of us sports fans to remember what happened. But we'll be right back. You've been listening to Radio Massasoit. Welcome back to Radio Massasoit. I'm Aaron, and we're going to continue our show that we've been having on sports. And for our last kind of segment, at least large section of the show, we're going to talk about the NFL. Just like, you know, the other two NHL and the NBA, we're going to just talk about how you know, what teams could have been, you know, now with the draft coming up soon, though, we can really talk more about the NFL as a whole and how, you know, the future is going to look, especially with, you know, the COVID-19 happening during the off season and having it not be, you know, ruining the NFL season, at least for now. One of the only sports that really isn't being affected that heavily from it. Even though, within the past two days, actually, one of the star linebackers for the Denver Broncos, Vaughn Miller, has been confirmed to have COVID-19, which is, you know, it's sad to see, you know, more people get it, even though he's already put a video out saying he doesn't, you know, he's feeling fine, he just obviously has the virus, and he's telling people to stay away from each other, respect social distancing, and you know, what's important to keep healthy during these times. But seeing, you know, an NFL player be affected directly just by having it, the kind of, it's eye-opening for the rest of us. You know, anyone can get, knowing anyone can get it. Especially with those who have, you know, compromised systems or are older, making it just a much more bigger risk for them. But uh, yeah, we're going to jump right in, talk about how the season ended for the Patriots. At least last season, I'm sorry, not this season. Going into next year, what's looking like, Tom Brady talk, all of that coming up right now. 
But to start off, we're going to talk about Tom Brady. Obviously, he's now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, which still is very strange to say as a Patriots fan myself and someone who's looked up to Tom Brady ever since I was a kid. So, yeah, it was a little heartbreaking to see him go as a Pats fan, but in the end, it, it did make a lot more sense for him, the Patriots organization, to just move on. You know, after what happened last year, he had a rough season. O-line didn't help. rest of the offense really didn't help Brady. He struggled, had some of his worst stats he's had in a while, and got knocked off in the playoffs first round, which hadn't happened in quite a few years for the Patriots. Them going to 10 AFC championships back-to-back-to-back. It's, you know, just different seeing this kind of loss sink in from last year but Brady said he couldn't obviously he just with the money he was being paid or would have been offered from the Patriots it wouldn't have worked and he's an old older guy now in his 40s so he obviously wants his money which is completely understandable especially when he's won six Super Bowls and really deserves way more than he's gotten his entire career but that just makes him you know Tom Brady selfishness, you know, doing the best for the team, leaving open money for cap space. It's something he used to do, but now in his 40s, I can understand as a veteran, you know, you, he wants his money. He knows he's on his last legs for his career. He wants his money back that he has put into the game, you know, physically. But it is still, as a Patriots fan, obviously heartbreaking to see, you know, the the greatest Patriot of all time just get taken away from us like that. But in the end, I mean, it's just, it's a business decision. And Bill Belichick needs to, you know, make the team that he thinks is going to win most games. And, you know, if he needs to spend more money on other players, not the quarterback position, that's just what he'll, he's going to have to do. But it's interesting now that we don't have a quarterback in New England, which has been the only solid that hasn't been moved around too much in the past few years. But as of right now, we only have Jared Stidham, Brian Hoyer, and Cody Kessler to really go off of as the three competing quarterbacks for the starting job. We haven't seen any moves in free agency, really, for the Patriots. We've only seen some leave. You know, Kyle Van Noy and Jamie Collins both left. So we're left with a lot of empty space on the Patriots to fill. We'll be right back talking more about the NFL on Radio Massasoit. Welcome back to Radio Massasoit. We're going to continue our talk and show on, you know, kind of the NFL and how it's turned out to be past COVID-19. And to start off, I'm going to just talk about kind of the Patriots situation. I know I just spoke about them, but... There's just so much more that has gone on and, you know, what they need to do now and to move forward as a team. So to get in it, we're going to start by going over the quarterback position just like we just did with, you know, the departure of Tom Brady. Seeing, you know, the three quarterbacks now, Stidham, Hoyer, and Kessler. You know, all three of these guys really just don't make any sense to be starters. I know it can be harsh to say, but Brian Hoyer's proven himself to not be a starter in this league, at least at his age. And 
Stidham's just hasn't had any really any experience as an NFL quarterback, especially in a starting position. But overall, I mean, it it could be a lot more grim for the Patriots. Not it's really not as bad as it is and as it looks. You know, the defensive side of the ball with Stephon Gilmore and still Dante Hightower, the McCourty twins. There's still a lot of talent left on this team, and it's not just in the offense. It's still, you know, Julian Edelman's even still there. James White, Sony Michelle. There's still some solid pieces that can be worked around, especially with Bill Belichick and what he can do with, you know, limited supplies and what... He's done over his career, really, with, you know, not the strongest rosters and not really the best teams overall as a whole. But, um, yeah, it's kind of strange. We've never really talked about the Patriots like this in the past few years. It's always just been, you know, Brady is coming back again. You know, we're going to go into the playoffs and win with Gronk and all the other guys we've known, but... No Brady, no Gronk now. Life as a Patriots fan is definitely a lot different than it used to be in these past couple of years where we've won three Super Bowls again. But for the better, I mean, everything has to end. Things need to change. And, you know, Tom Brady is just one of those things that had to change eventually. It just It, it couldn't happen for the entirety of his career. He just he outplayed, you know, what the Patriots could afford and work around so it's just it's sad to see him go but he's just such a competitor and he's always striving to be the best so he had to go he, he just he's above what would have happened here with him and he just wants his money now as that he deserves it's just it wasn't for the Patriots to really show how much he was worth because they didn't pay him what he was worth at all since he's even been on Patriot for his entire career. The money he's gotten just was not what he played at. He deserved the best contracts despite guys being way, way worse and having way, way less, you know, numbers. MVP race, he would always be there, number one, number two. And then guys below him would be making $50 million more than him. So it's just it's something that was necessary for the Patriots and the league itself, really. Just to see Tom Brady go from his team. But um, looking forward to the draft. Patriots don't have a second-round pick, but do have a first. And kind of earlier, it's in the early 20s, which isn't really common for them. They've been picking in the 30s, you know. Really late twenties, but now they have a chance of getting someone kind of in the top tier list. Hopefully, it's you know a key piece they could use. Maybe like a, I don't think they're gonna go another receiver because of what happened with Nikhil Harry last year. Kind of he just hasn't really done unless he has a breakout season this year coming up. Hasn't really shown what he's done in college, but. There's a lot of drama going into the draft. You know, who's getting picked first, what teams are going to make what moves. The Patriots are also known for trading away their picks, you know, making better moves. So who knows what could happen with this second-round pick. 
But uh, that's going to end this portion here on Radio Master Soyet, and we'll be back. Welcome back to Radio Master Soyet. Uh, I'm your host, Aaron, and we're going to continue our show and kind of we're going to wrap it up and really just end up with the topics of the NFL draft and what's just been going on in the league recently and, you know, what we can expect of the future. But this should be the last installment of this show. So let's get right to it. Uh, Starting off with the number one overall pick, going to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, I believe, honestly, Joe Burrow from LSU, the quarterback, is going to be the first overall pick. I think it would be a huge mistake if Cincinnati didn't pick him up with the opportunity that they have, especially with their recent struggles at quarterback and just overall as a team. Not being able to win a playoff game in quite a while. It's something that they definitely deserve. You know, to be better as a football team. Not just be stuck in kind of their mediocre state where they are. But I think Joe Burrow is honestly the easiest choice as the best quarterback in this draft. He completely lit it up in his last season at LSU. Just the Heisman winner, and obviously he won the championship with his team. He did have a ton of help, but you could see throughout the entirety of the season that he really just led this team to be great and where they just were you know, struggling to be the best college team but proved it this year that no one else compares to them. Even Alabama, which has been the reigning champs, obviously, in college football. But uh, just to keep it going, we're going to talk about the quarterback for Alabama that we just mentioned, Tua Tagalova. He's from Hawaii, so I apologize for saying his name like that. But he's a lefty quarterback. He's he, you know, he's a, he's a lot bigger than... Not big. I shouldn't say bigger because he's not as tall as Joe Burrow, but he's just he's a lot more built than Joe Burrow. He's got a, you know, a crazy arm, can throw down the field, you know, from anywhere. He's, you know, he's got legs. He can run. He's got a crazy speed. If I could compare him to a quarterback, it would probably be, you know, something. Probably Cam Newton, maybe Marcus Mariota before he started, you know, struggling in the NFL. And, you know, before in college when Marcus Mariota played at Oregon, it's kind of the player that I see in Tua Tagalova. Not to mention, too, that Marcus Mariota is also from Hawaii, so maybe these Hawaii quarterbacks, you know, have a common way of play. But I think he and Joe Burrow are the best quarterbacks. I think Joe Burrow is just a little better, especially when throwing the ball. But Tua's got... Definitely the biggest arm in the draft, and for any team that needs a quarterback, could easily be a good option for starting the year off next year, or this year, I'm sorry. But the draft could lead up to be really interesting, seeing these two guys being the headliners, you know, of the first round, what teams are going to take them, you know, to see if they can get to the next level. Having a great quarterback, you know, is obviously a requirement now in the league, especially now. With this type of league, we're passing almost everything. 
But there's definitely there's not just quarterbacks. There's a lot of defensive players. Robert Queen from LSU. A lot more guys that have proven themselves to be crazy good. Like Chase Young from Ohio State might just be you know the rival to Joe Burrow as the number one pick. But I still think that Cincinnati just being the team with the number one pick, they can either trade down. Maybe one pick and get Joe Burrow or two, but Joe Burrow I think has to be tra- it has to be picked at number one. And Ch- Chase Young, being one of the best defensive players to come out of Ohio State in a while, needs to also be right up there. Maybe not number one overall, but within the top five definitely. Maybe even top three. But yeah, there's a lot of I mean anything could happen now between now and the draft with you know teams trading down or up to get more stock or more players you know with other contracts ending franchise tagged players you know anyone it, the draft this year could really just be interesting leading up now to the next few weeks it's exciting to see you know the NFL season starting to pick back up as you know exciting you know it's not going to start until the fall but Having, you know, this much hype in the draft, you know, it's a big time for the NFL. With COVID-19, it's still a bummer, but it's definitely a light at the end of the tunnel, I think, for most people to know that sports is coming back, you know, and the things are going on without COVID-19 ruining them. But that's going to end our show. I'm Aaron Camesso. You've been listening to Radio Massasoit, and I'll see you later.